I wanted a career in which everything would matter. Because I'm motivated by something bigger than myself. So I joined the CIA. And now I help protect our families, our friends, and every fellow American. Here, my abilities contribute to our mission. Agency professionals have extraordinary integrity and exceptional talents. And every day, we do work that's incredibly important. Find out how everything you do in your career can impact our nation. Visit cia.gov careers to learn more and apply. You are listening to the Sideline SAS Podcast, Episode 48, College Gridiron Showcase Preview, Part 1. In this episode of the podcast, I am joined by the Director of Scouting and Player Personnel for the College Gridiron Showcase, Mike Riddleman, who walks us through what the event is and how it helps college players looking to reach the next level. Later, I'm joined by Illinois State quarterback Brady Davis, who talks about his football journey and what he believes will impress NFL scouts about his game. To close out the episode, I chat with South Carolina quarterback Colin Hill about his transfer from Colorado State, his training for the draft in Nashville, and his views on fullbacks. But first, some housekeeping stuff. Hey guys, Emily Van Buskirk here. Welcome to the Sideline SAS podcast, a proud member of the Brawl Podcast Network. If this is your first time listening, I'm glad you found me. The Sideline SAS podcast is generally produced every two weeks just for you, and the show notes can be found on the episode page at Spreaker.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts, and feel free to rate and review. Let your girl know how she's doing. If you feel like getting social as well as sassy, make sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Sideline Sass with three S's. Or if you're more like my mom and prefer a wholesome connection, go ahead and like the show on Facebook. If you like what you hear and you want to see more, check out the website www.sidelinesass.com with three S's for more sports content. Feel free to follow the SAS on my personal account at MLNEM, E-M-I-L-N-E-M, on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you didn't catch all that, no worries. All of those links and handles can be found in the show notes. And I'm excited to announce the addition of Sideline SAS merchandise to the brand. If you want your very own Sideline SAS dad hat, head over to the Brawl Network website and get your very own. But uh, for now, let's uh, go talk to some people. Welcome back, Sideline SAS podcast listeners. First podcast of the 2021 new year. Thank God. Uh, Brand new year. We're going to start all over. Last year didn't happen. It's fine. But we did make it through a season of college football, which not sure anyone thought we would make it to the finish line, but here we are, the national championship game looming large on Monday, Alabama, Ohio State. Did not see that one coming, but we did it, we made it. Now we're into my favorite month in college football, January, where we get to see all of the guys get ready for the NFL draft. And you know me, I'm, I'll be at the Senior Bowl this year, that's that's always my big event, but 
This season, I'm going somewhere different to start. And a lot of you guys have been asking me on Twitter what the College Gridiron Showcase is. So I decided to outsource that answer to someone who knows exactly what he's talking about. And he's joining the podcast now. His name is Mike Riddleman, Director of Scouting and Player Personnel for the College Gridiron Showcase. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. (laughs) No problem. I'm actually grateful for this because so many people have been asking, ever since we started tweeting about the Brawl Network being there, what this, you know, is and how it works. And I even think I forwarded a question to you guys on Twitter from somebody about, you know, the format and if there's going to be contact and stuff like that. So I guess why don't you give me a little bit of background on how this showcase came about and what the idea is and when you joined on? Sure. Um, So... This will be the seventh year for the College Gridiron Showcase. Mm -hmm. It was started by our two co-founders, Craig Red and Jose Jefferson. Mm -hmm. I joined on five years ago as an intern. Uh, (laughs) Good times. (laughs) Oh, great times. Lugging around water, being like the field timer on the foot. What I mean by that is like I was running around the field and I actually had a old like kitchen timer. <laughs> oh my and god! I, I like the egg old, timers? Like oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would like to uh, to transition in between drills and mm-hmm. I would blow a horn. Uh, and one year I had a whistle or I have a loud voice. I would just yell until I'm blue in the face. And I I said, okay, you know, this is fun. And you know, I I, I helped out with the personnel side of the event. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity arose where they gave me a fancy title mm-hmm. of director of player personnel and scouting. I'm like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> and um, I've been in that role for about three years now. And, uh, you know, it, it's been fun. Yeah. Uh, it's, been, it's been a blast. And I've learned a lot. And, you know, Jose and Craig are great, great guys that have taught me a lot. And, and they, well, let's be honest, they put up with me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's been a blast. You get to do what I think of as the fun side of these kind of events where you deal with the players, you know, the people that are coming there to realize these dreams. And that's something that's so special. So can you talk to me a little bit about what it's like to scout guys like this and then have them come out and kind of watch the process of their dream unfold in front of you? You know, it, it's it's a great opportunity just to sit back and watch, just being able to give an opportunity to a player mm-hmm. to enhance their chances of, of living their dreams of playing at the highest level of competition in football, the NFL. Okay. And, you know, not to get wordy, but, I mean, it's awesome. You know, when <laughs> they say thank you for the opportunity, it, you know, we do it for the players. You know, yeah. There's, there's, there's no... Oh, uh, look at me! Look, look what I have to know. We do it for the players, and it's awesome. And uh, you know, seeing them interact with scouts and the and the NFL teams and the CFL teams, it, it's just an awesome thing to watch. And you know, it's uh, then seeing them perform at a high level at the NFL, NFL mm-hmm. and, and you see them on Sundays, you're like, yeah. "Hey, I met that guy." <laughs> <laughs> that is the best feeling when you get to see these guys out there, and you're yeah. like, "I saw that process go down. That's crazy." Right. You mentioned the CFL, and one of the things that came across in my research for this year so far is a couple of these Canadian gentlemen coming out here. Is that a is that a common occurrence for the College Gridiron Showcase to have guys from Canada? Yeah, uh, we- 
we have a good relationship with the CFL. Mm-hmm. Last year we had all – well, actually the past three years, uh, the numbers we've gathered, um, we've had 31 out of 32 NFL teams in attendance, mm-hmm. all nine CFL teams in attendance, and 130-plus scouts the last three years of those numbers. Okay. Um, and, and then this past year, the CFL draft, we had the second over oh, – excuse me, we were the third overall and the sixth overall pick nice. uh, in, in the CFL draft. I could I, – Numbers might be a little. <laughs> they were high. They were high up there. We got. <laughs> they were very high. You know, and I, I, I apologize. I don't have it in front of me. No, you're they were high. High draft picks. I think. I think we had twelve total CFL wow. picks. That's you know? awesome. So, yeah, and then we have you know we have a lot of uh, Canadian-born players that come to our event. Yeah. And, you know, players who've played college in, in Canada. So it, it's mm-hmm. a, it's an awesome. Awesome thing to see when they come down to our event just to showcase their abilities. And how did the guys come up with this format? Obviously, we can explain a little bit. It's it's a little bit different than, you know, the, the Senior Bowl is it's completely different. But how did they come up with this kind of OTA format and then and explain how the symposium stuff fits in with all that? Because I think that's interesting. Yeah, so what we did was, uh, and the Senior Bowl does a great job, the NFLPA Bowl does a great job, and the East-West Shrine game does a a fantastic job as well, you know, and like I said, it's better for everyone in the industry when all those games are going going about, and, you know, it's better for the players, it's better Mm -hmm. for the NFL and CFL personnel, so, but it's awesome to see the NFLPA and the East-West game uh, do virtual events as well, and it's awesome to see the Senior Bowl uh, going through as well. Yeah. on that note, uh, what we wanted to do, how Craig and Jose devised this, was that they wanted to take away the All Star Game aspect, the actual game aspect, and make it make it like an OTA format okay. where you know we're we're seeing the players in more of a individual drill aspect, how they move, how they react, um, you know, and then we have a controlled scrimmage, and the controlled scrimmage aspect is letting the players play faster. Okay. Uh, so, uh, on the, like for an offensive standpoint, we hold the cards up. You know, if you're the X receiver, you're looking at the card. Okay. Oh, good. I'm just running a post route. Boom, done. I'm running. At, I, I'm playing at a fast at high level defensively running either a three, four, mm-hmm. four, three, you know, cover two, whatever, something simple. And we're, we're just playing fast. We're okay. letting their abilities play and showcase their abilities, uh, in front of the teams. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, do the guys that come in and do that, they, do they appreciate that format? I think so. Yeah. I, I hope so. <laughs> it's, it's Fair enough. It's faster. It's faster. Uh, we're, we're, uh, there, there's not a whole lot of need the game plan. Right. Um, you know, we'll meet the coaches meet with the players a little bit. Uh, but I mean, other than that, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's on the players to showcase their talents, and, yeah. you know, and in front of teams. Yeah, that's awesome. And they do get a lot of eyes on them, which is really the exposure that you're looking for. Um, and then t- there's the aspect where you guys do these symposium meeting type things. And, and what do those bring um, to the table for the players? So it's an aspect where, um, you know, money management, you know, what, what it's going to be like. We bring speakers in. Uh, mm-hmm. Rob Newhouse, who was the former director of pro player personnel with the Cardinals for a number of years. He's mm-hmm. in wealth management now. He, he's one of our speakers. Uh, Brendan Tracy came in and spoke last year, and she was amazing. Yeah, she's uh, great. Yeah, she was awesome. <laughs> uh, just giving different perspectives of what they're going to experience that first year in the NFL, uh, and even the CFL, 
to these uh, prospective athletes. Yeah. Uh, just giving them more tools to put in their toolbox, per se. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. That's something that a lot of people don't realize going into this that, that these are kids you know and right. oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't look like kids but they are kids <laughs> like, they are and you know they're they're wide-eyed and they're like yeah. wow okay this is they see the they see the scouts and they're excited they're like wow and then we just like i said we give them the information to help them succeed yeah and that's they really they need people looking out for them like that because once they get to this next level it's different i've seen it happen with so many guys that yeah. I've covered in college and make that transition. It's a different lifestyle. It's, you know, there's no one telling you where to be. It's on you. And and right. seeing them make that transition is hard. So I think that's, I'm interested in seeing those classes. And, or I don't know, what do you call them? Like uh, lectures or talks? Or I know on the website it says. Uh, it, it, symposium. Symposium. <laughs> I mean, you, you, can, you can name it whatever you want. Okay. Um, it's going to be different this year with COVID. You know, mm -hmm. We're trying to be social distance and whatnot. So right. it, it's it's going to be, we're still going to give the, out the information. It's just, we're, now we're just trying to figure out how to be safe with it. Yeah, that's true. And COVID has changed a lot of things this year. We did see, you know, football seasons go down. They were very different. Um, I covered a couple games across the country and it was a mixed bag. You know, some of them had fans. I live in California, so our <laughs> existence is different than most places with COVID uh, due to right. our government and our leadership here. But I, I saw, you know, no fans. I saw limited fans. I saw all kinds of things. Like we had plexiglass in the press box, which I had never in my life seen before. So it was unique. Have there been any challenges specifically putting together this year's event? And how, how has it been different with everything going on with COVID? Well, you know what? Uh, we had to have a health and safety protocol mm -hmm. set in place for the city of Fort Worth. Um, you know, there will be testing, uh, COVID testing, wearing face masks, okay. um, uh, six feet apart. Uh, you know, and then you know, the NCA did grant athletes an extra year of eligibility. Yeah. So there was the opportunity for guys to go back to school. So a, a lot of things with that and, uh, you know. But we, we worked through it, you know, long nights, uh, <laughs> there were, you know, there, you know, a lot of hard work, some tears might've been shed, I don't know, <laughs> you know, so, uh, hair loss might've happened, I think I am balding, but, you know, thank God, uh, I pulled through, but it, it was a, a joint effort by the CGS staff, mm -hmm. um, but we're excited for the next, I think, week and a half. God, it's we, so close. <laughs> I head, uh, we head down here and it's like, oh man, here we go. Yes. I can't wait. We fly, fly out on Sunday. I'll, I'll be in town Sunday getting in a little early to try and get a feel for it. I love Fort Worth. Is there any specific connection to Dallas-Fort Worth area for this event, or is that just kind of where it ended up? I, I think it, it, it's been in Texas just for the central location. For oh, okay. Uh, you know, that nothing really. We were in Addison for a year, uh, mm -hmm. and then we moved to Fort Worth. So I, I think the central location just for everyone kind of flying into Texas. Yeah. And just make it that central hub. You couldn't have picked an easier airport. I love flying into DFW. I come from Pittsburgh, so it's, you know, it's people look at me weird when I come down wearing shorts and it's like 50 degrees. <laughs> and I'm like, I even guys, know. I mean, it's, it's 13 degrees in Pittsburgh right now with three inches of snow. Oh, so my like, goodness. I, I like it. I'm out here in Pebble Beach about to go for a run after this, like by the ocean. 
in the sun. So I can't even comprehend what that feels like right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 there's not a lot of snow in Pittsburgh right now, but there's, you know, it's, it's still chill. It's cold. Yeah. I can't imagine. I'm excited to get to Dallas. It's supposed to be nice in Dallas in Fort Worth. Uh, I, I hope so. I haven't checked my weather. <laughs> you're too busy doing everything else, which is totally understandable. Um, <laughs> so when you're ha- you're getting ready for this event all year, as as the director of scouting and player personnel, do you attend a lot of college football games? Do you watch a lot of them? How do you organize and prioritize? You know, so our scouting staff is, is small. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's myself and our two directors, Craig and Jose. And yeah, we we have a couple other people on there as well. Uh, we we we're, we're based all out throughout the country. Jose's in Wisconsin, Craig's in New Jersey. I'm in Pittsburgh. Oh wow! Um, we, we have a couple guys in the middle of the country, like one or two on the West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, a couple in uh, Florida. So it's uh, all over the country for that aspect. Yeah, regionally, if we can make it out to a game, we we try to. But right. you know, mostly we get film sent to us. Okay, um, you know, we, we we're in contact with scouts, with coaches, uh, agents. So it's all a good line of communication for how we build our board, per se. We start doing that in late August, early September, and we we go through, you know, we go through the end of December, early January, we're like, okay, we might have something now, and let's see what we can put together. (laughs) Well, you guys are still rolling out invites, and if you guys are college football fans, make sure you follow, you know, the College Gridiron Showcase on Twitter and Instagram especially. I like the little posts that go up on Instagram because they show the player, they tag them, which is great because then you can find them, and gives a little bit about who they are, what they do, where they play. Is there anybody, and I don't know if you can even say this because I would never want you to play favorites, of course, but are there are there any players that you're specifically excited to see? Was there any team that you watched that you thought was impressive this year, surprisingly? Is there any underdog guys? Like, stuff like that that stuck out to you. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited for football. And you know what? I'm, I'm excited. I'm, oh, I'm, I know that sounds generic. I'm, I'm excited for football. Okay. Just to be on the football field. Um I actually helped coach the event as well. Oh wow! Um, uh, yeah, coach the line. Um, so it, it, I, I'm just, I'm a football junkie, and I'm excited <laughs> to be on the field watching it, be in the meeting rooms, be you know in, in the scouting room, um, just just to be around it and just to be around people, yeah. uh, just to be around uh, around great people, uh, yeah. like the Brawl Network, like <laughs> you guys at the Brawl Network, and CGS staff, and everyone attending CGS this year. I mean, I, I'm just excited. What is your piece, what is your one piece of advice you give to all D-line men? Like, what's the, the go-to thing oh, you tell geez. them? Uh, don't be a robot. <laughs> don't be a robot. Don't be a robot. Okay. Yeah, uh, work a move and then have a plan A, plan B, and then, you know, don't be a robot with your moveset. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I think, you know, I, I tell them relax, have fun, and go go do what... Uh, go do what brought you here. Don't, right. don't listen to me. You know, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm just here to guide, try to help you guide you in the right direction on the field. But, you know, we have great coaches yeah. uh, that always help us out with the, this, this awesome event. And uh, so uh, it's, it, it's exciting. It's really exciting. So we will be live streaming the event, um, the Brawl Network. I'm not sure exactly what platform yet, but we will be keeping people posted on that. But if people are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, can I saw that... Some of it is open to the public. Is that going to be true this year where people can come watch? Yes, they can be in the stands. We'll be socially Perfect. distanced in the stands. Um, you know, again, we're, we're, we're keeping the field uh, access limited to CGS staff, 
and NFL and CFL teams. Um, right. Just and players, of course, but just but in the stands, you know, wearing a mask, uh, mm-hmm. you know, socially distanced, you know, you can't come watch. Uh, just be mindful of our safety protocols. Yes, be smart, be a responsible human being, and come out and watch <laughs> some of these future. NFL players, because that is what it's about. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I'm going to continue this podcast and talk to some of the guys coming out. And you know what? You're going to have to listen to the rest of the podcast to find out who's going to be on, Mike. So I, 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 I'm, I'm going to have to. I mean, this is exciting stuff. <laughs> it's very exciting. So stay tuned, Sidelines House listeners. We are going to catch up with a few of the football players that will be at this year's College Gridiron Showcase joining myself and Mike out there in Fort Worth. And you're going to want to hear about these guys' journey. They're very interesting stories, so stay tuned. All right, that was Mike Riddleman breaking down everything you need to know about the College Gridiron Showcase in Fort Worth next week. And now I'm going to kick off a series of interviews with players that are going to be at the showcase. I'm starting with the guys, the signal callers, quarterbacks. Here is my interview with Illinois State quarterback Brady Davis. I would always, you know, change my voice, little things like that. And playing at Illinois State, you know, I came from the from Mississippi, so mm-hmm. it was already like they say things where we had a crayon check and I call it crayon, they call it crayon. Like, one of those, that's just an example. Like, I was always sounding different to them anyway. <laughs> you do have that twang. I could see that that's a little foreign for them um, in good right. old I Illinois. lost a good bit of it, too. I actually lived in Peoria, which is not far from you. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I went to Peoria several times for sure. Did you ever go to the, let me guess, to the tailgates and tall boys concerts? I did not do that. No, you know? okay. Um, I wish I would have known about it. Uh, People was, come out for that. like that. Yeah. It's a good country concert. We went to the, the mall's good, but I think there's a, a restaurant, Jonah's, we, we went one oh, time okay. for like a, I think an anniversary or something. We went back again. Have you ever had that? No, I lived, so I worked for the baseball team there and I lived right downtown. I was only there for a couple months, but I lived near like the ballpark and there's like a big strip club that's pretty famous called Big Al's. That's like... The biggest thing everyone knows from Peoria, so. Um. Yeah, I've heard people talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of where, but it's just funny because I'm from California. I've never been, you know, out in the middle of the country like that. And um, things are way different there. So I'm assuming it was a change for you to go from not only Mississippi, but then from Memphis to there. There's no doubt. Yeah, I kind of grew up, my family's in Memphis. So I grew up in Memphis a little bit. Okay. not far and. And then, uh, yeah, it was living in Memphis for a couple years. Um, just, it's a, it was complete opposite. I moved <laughs> to the complete opposite type place, but it was good. It was, I'm the kind of person that can kind of adapt, so I, I quickly kind of caught on, and, and now I'm, I got some goofy Midwest in me. <laughs> I love it. You're, you're, you're quite the collection, then, of, of South and Midwest. Um, okay, so why don't you walk me through, I think I read somewhere that you started playing quarterback when you were 10, I think. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. You want to walk me through how yeah. you got into it? Yeah, I would play, um, you know, growing up, mm-hmm. I can't remember, you know, I think I would play a little tight end, maybe a little D end, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was kind of big, you know, kind of early, but I uh, always would play quarterback, I might be the second team quarterback or you know, one year when I was the older guy, I was the quarterback. And then middle school is really when 
you know, I kind of solidified it for my grade or whatever, seventh grade team and then eighth grade okay. team and then uh, played varsity in ninth grade. So, yeah, I would say I played it a couple times in those peewee leagues, 10 years old and whatnot, and then I really kind of locked it in in seventh grade and, and you know, began focusing on that and, you know, kind of developing. I just kind of had that natural, you know, gift of throwing a football. And, okay. You know, it kind of stands the day. Never really – now in this last week, I've been kind of getting some – you know, close up coaching, technical work, and I'm cleaning some things up, but it's just kind of always been a pick it up and swing it for me, you know? That's the good old way to do it. I, I like that. But but technical training is important. And you talked about going to the Manning camp. I think it was last year, the year bef- before, was that? Yeah, I guess it would have been going into the last season okay. I played. So it would have been the summer of 2019. Yeah. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, meeting. You know, not only the Mannings and other guys that, you know, have those big names, but just also the, all the other quarterbacks and the mm-hmm. kids and the coaches that come out to coach and everything. It was it was a top-notch camp. You know, they ran it, obviously, as you would expect, very professionally. And, you know, we got to work out a few times and, and really just hang out. Like, you know, sitting around eating eating dinner with Peyton Manning right <laughs> to my left, you know. And, was, and within a day or two, it kind of was normal because they are such good people and, and mm-hmm. normal people. So it was awesome. Archie, Archie was awesome, I thought, you know. When I left the camp, I was almost more, you know, I, I enjoyed time with Archie getting to talk to him. He was great. You know, he yeah. was the one that gave me the phone call to invite me. And then obviously Peyton and Eli are characters. Their brother Cooper was, he's the comedian in the family. So it was it was awesome. And then just being there with, you know, 40 other quarterbacks, a lot of really notable ones and, you know, some SDS guys and, and whatnot, just getting to throw and work and, and kind of compare myself up to those guys was, was awesome as well. And, and good for me. Did you did you take away any friendships with other college quarterbacks um, that you still stay in touch with from that camp? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I think a lot of you know a lot of guys did. You know, some more than others. Obviously, you might just be a every now and then. You know, maybe right. slide up on a story or something, check in on them. But yeah, there were several guys like that. Uh, Colin Hill. I'm actually now with training. Okay. And, um, he know, just kinda, did. We kind of kept up. We. Pl- yeah, he just Go accepted ahead. his invite to the, or not just, but he's coming to the Gridiron Showcase as well. So you guys kind of preparing for that together? Yeah, yeah, we're out here, and uh, he just got in town in Nashville where I'm training, and now he's training with uh, with quarterback country and at uh, boost performance. So, okay. um, yeah, I, I got to know him. We were sweet mates, I think it was. My roommate was Luke Anthony. Played mm-hmm. at Tech this year. I still keep up with him a lot. Okay. Um, so those two guys are probably the ones I kept up with the most, and now I'm kind of reconnecting with Colin today, and and obviously we'll get we'll be together all the time for the next couple months, getting trained up. So that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of guys, you know. And while we were there, I mean, it was almost like everybody was cool. Everybody was, uh, you know, got along, and, and like I said, they they gave us a lot of things to do, events to go to at night, and, yeah. and the Mannings were right there along with all of us, which was was awesome as well. Who? What is? You said you talked to Archie a lot, and obviously that's a really unique situation to get to spend time with a, a football family like that. Was there anything that Archie said that has stuck with you, like words of wisdom or words of advice for the position that has just stuck with you to this day? Really, the only thing that can stick with me, I'll tell you a quick story because okay. it's, it's so embarrassing. No. <laughs> um, it's so bad. Uh, he, um, but eating dinner, well, we I ate dinner with him one night and just him just speaking to us and kind of running everything and just yeah. knowing that he was the start of that and how good of a player he was. He kind of plays in my style. Like when I watch him back, he was kind of a gunslinger, real athletic, you know, moved around in the pocket a lot. So okay. anyway, the story. So I was getting a lot of spam calls at the time. <laughs> and I was ignoring them. Louisiana, Mississippi, like Southern States, I was ignoring all of them. Okay. And it got to where my voicemail was so loaded up that, like, I couldn't get a call or something. I can't remember. <laughs> so I started deleting them. And luckily, I saw the word Archie Manning in, like, one of the descriptions. 
that happened like twice. He had called me twice, put me two voicemails. I was so, it was like 10 o'clock at night. I was as red as the shirt I'm wearing right now, you know, sitting in my basement by myself. So that was awful. I sent him a text that first first thing the next morning and he was so great about it. We had a good laugh and, you know, we'll being from Mississippi had that connection as well. So, you know, that, that's kind of the story I'll always tell and always remember probably, you know, forever. How you uh, almost you know, big time. <laughs> you almost big timed <laughs> Archie Manning. That's incredible. That's, I mean, I don't, you could go your whole life and not big time anybody that important. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think I had practice or something the next day and I just looked at my coach like, I've been on Archie Manning all week and they were, it was funny. <laughs> you left him on red. That's like the equivalent of leaving him on red, basically. Um, I know. He was awesome though. I'm curious. No, absolutely. Now that you're with, you're going to be with Colin, who has the better hair out of you guys? <laughs> <laughs> This is looking good. Mine's rough. I'm looking bad after quarantine. You know, he had a season and whatnot, so he kept it looking good. This was hanging low. Mine's kind of hanging low in all the bad areas. I'm going to get a haircut. Uh, I'll have a short haircut probably when, when pictures or videos of CGS come out because I got to find somebody up here to cut my hair soon. You're telling me that Michaela can't do it? She actually does. She actually started doing it during quarantine, which it looks good, but I just, I'm letting it go again. Yeah. I don't ever, I like to wake up and just leave. You know, I don't, I'm not going <laughs> to. When I'm with her and we're going somewhere, she'll make me, but I'm sure. working, so. Um, yeah, I'm looking kind of rough, and his, his was hanging pretty well today, so I'll give him that one for sure. I had to I had to ask, because part of, one of the things I read about you um, when I was doing my research is, you know, you, you mentioned that people call you Shane Falco. Now, I got to preface this with The Replacements is my favorite movie of all time. Like, I'm talking, I'll watch it every time I travel to a game on the plane, I love the replacements as a face as a football movie. How and who was the first person that called you Shane Falco? I'm dead listening to that. I watched I watched <laughs> it with my dad growing up, but he never like called me that or anything. I'm 99 percent sure when I say this, it was Daryl Dickey. He's now the OC at uh, Texas A&M. Okay. And I'm almost positive he he was just I can hear his voice saying it right now. So I think it was it was Coach Dickey and and I think some of the coaches at Memphis kind of laughed about it, carried on a little bit. But he was the main one for sure. And I'm I'm on, I'm a hundred percent sure on that one. Now it was Coach Dickey for sure. He's a he's a character man. He was one of the funnier coaches I had and kind of helped recruit me and was was a big part of Memphis for a long time. So. That's him for sure now that I think back on it. And do you think that had to do with not only your appearance, but like how you played and how you led the team and dealt with people? Maybe a little bit. You know, I was, um, you know, they, they had a lot of hope for me and whatnot bringing me in. I was, yeah. I think, a pretty big recruit for them at that time. So, yeah, I was able to, you know, I was able to, you know, progress pretty well quickly and kind of backed up Paxton there as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, wish they would have let us play four games. That was That's a cool rule for these young guys getting out there. Yeah. But, um, that, that was a long time ago when I was a young freshman, so uh, that wasn't a thing yet. But uh, I think, you know, I did I did do some things, and I think Falco was a good leader and stuff in the movie for sure, so that might have had something to do with it. It was probably just the brown hair. I've been told I look like Keanu Reeves by a lot of people as well. So I saw that. Falco character. I, I, I read that, and I was like, this is my easily my favorite thing about you. Um because I, I, <laughs> I love that movie and people make fun of me for it, but it's such a good, it's a good feel good movie. And, and Gene Hackman is, as the coach is, um, he says things that are, they stick with you. So I like that movie, but, um, no doubt. Yeah. He was a cool dude for sure. He was. So you talk about, you know, Memphis and obviously things not going according to plan 
and then having to adjust and, and figure out your path forward. What do you think that all of that taught you and brought to your game as you're now looking back on your college career and, and ready for that next level? Uh, you know, it's definitely humbling. Um, mm-hmm. I think it taught me that, like, okay, like, yeah, I'm really talented and all, but everybody is now, and <laughs> some people can still get away with just, you know, kind of winging it with talent, and I kind of did that in high school, I'm not going to lie. I was, I would go play golf rather than lift weights, you know what I mean? Like, I was, I was always on the move. I had a, my wife now was my girlfriend, right. you know, always trying to hang out with her, and, and uh, so... I think, you know, after a year or two, I kind of knew I had to lock it in. Obviously, I had injuries I had to deal with uh, ATL as a young, at a young age and yeah. coaching change. And, you know, all of a sudden, I'm the only quarterback that, you know, was from the previous staff. There's five new guys and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So, you know, I kind of just got humbled and was kind of up my work ethic. And I've really worked hard ever since then. You know, I really kind of started embracing the, the training process, you know, more mm-hmm. so than I ever did. And, and I do that to this day. I love it now. Any, anything anything that you know relates to football I'm all for it so I would say that and you know it, it just kind of matured me and, and humbled me and, and, and made me love the game again when I did get that chance to shine really when I started when I knew I was going to be competing for the job after uh, Riley Ferguson left mm-hmm. one of my best friends he was in my wedding uh, great guy. Um, so I was kind of you know knew I had definitely locked it in then and thought I was playing better than ever and you know, reasons that I don't even know. It, it didn't. It didn't work out. And right. Obviously, they've been in great hands in the last few years. You know, with the other Brady, there was going to be three Bradys. At, at the, <laughs> I know at that's point crazy. Room, but <laughs> yeah, I got out of there before that ever could happen. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think it just matured me and made me love the game again. And when I got to Illinois State and you know got the job, I was really confident and prepared. I felt like. Yeah, and then you talk about maturing. You you married your college or your high school sweetheart, which is incredible. I mean, not a lot of people get to find love like that early on, and you're probably one of the few you know married guys. Even though a lot of people are wifed up, quote unquote, being married is very different. The commitment level is different. Yeah. So, what has that taught you? You know, your marriage um, brought for you to to teach on the field, and what have you brought from that marriage to your game? I think, if anything, it just kind of taught me that, you know, it's, it's not just I got a whole other responsibility that's just as important as myself, and that kind of goes with your team as well and okay. your everyday decisions and your, you know, how hard you prepare and work and, and try things, you know what I mean? So, uh-huh. you know, I've never really been asked that. It's a great question, and I would say that, you know, just kind of your marriage is your is your wife, that's your other half, and then your football team is your family, and, and yeah. everything you do, you know, kind of affects that team as well, and same with, with her, so... Yeah, that's that's a good question, and that would be my answer. Just you know, knowing that everything, every decision I make is going to affect my team as well as her in, in my life. There honestly should be a sh- or not a show, but like something written about football wives because not just the players but coaches because they they stand by and support a dream and and you know they don't always get a say in where they go or where they end up and I guess my question would be how has Michaela been a source of strength for you through all of these you know setbacks and and different challenges that you faced in your career yeah yeah she's been awesome and, and kind of gotten better and better when I was not really playing in Memphis, she, she couldn't tell you what a free safety was, you know what I mean? <laughs> now it's like, we're watching a game and she's like, you know, their they're right tackle's not, he's getting whipped all day, like, that's, <laughs> this is the issue, and it's like, she, so she's really kind of like, bought into the game okay. and enjoys it now, I would say, she still will tell me to turn it off, she don't want to watch it too much, especially <laughs> when I wasn't playing on Saturdays, I just wanted to watch all day, and she was like, I don't want to watch this, you're not playing. <laughs> so it's like, but she's been so supportive, made so many sacrifices, and and I've seen her mature so much, so mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been awesome, especially in the last couple of years and really the last couple of months, you know, helping me make this 
this decision to declare for the draft and right. really pursue the NFL, you know, with the uncertainty of and me not getting to play and right. and everything that kind of uh, lined up. And it was a hard decision to make, and she was obviously really there for me and everything and, and supportive. And, you know, she's back at home taking care of our, our dogs and her little cat. It's my cat now, too. And um, she's uh, working hard. She's in the snow. I feel bad for her. It's not... It's chilly in Nashville, but it's not snow on the ground. So. Oh, boy. Um, but she, she's great. She's mature. She's got a great start in her career. She's an esthetician now. She went to school for that. Okay. Um, after I tore my ACL, yeah. I knew I was going to go back to school this for 2020 because this was my sixth year. I was really a senior and, and hoping to come out after 2019. But a lot of injuries on offense kind of hampered my, my play. And, right. you know, and then I got injured at the end of the year. So it wasn't really realistic. So I was going to exercise that. that year granted from my first ACL and um, she really she went to school then and, and she's got a great job now in, in Illinois and you know she's working at a plastic surgery office and doing wow. great things so couldn't be prouder of her and then just thankful for her for sticking with me and, and letting me chase this dream. They football wives need their due so I always like to give them shout out shout out Michaela for for everything she's played a role in um, now we're looking ahead to this College Gridiron Showcase, these things are so important this year, like the Senior Bowl, like this event, because of, you know, the shortened season, players not getting to really showcase what they're capable of. So how has the preparation been for this event, and how excited are you to get to show all of these scouts and coaches, NFL coaches, what you can do? Yeah, it was obviously a great opportunity. Opportunity, So thankful that, you know, that that was presented to me because mm-hmm. I didn't get to showcase, you know, my progression and coming off of another injury, another knee injury, like people don't know if I can run. You know what I'm saying? People yeah. wasn't able to see me in a, in a 2020 year. So um, it's such a huge opportunity. And really, I've just kind of like I said, ever since, you know, the setbacks in Memphis, I've kind of been preparing for this and, and stayed ready. I trained really hard all fall. You know, we got some practices in, so I got mm-hmm. to practice 20 times, and, like, I know where I'm at. I know I'm better than I was, you know, mm-hmm. 2019 athletically and, you know, as a quarterback throwing the ball. So, yeah, just get out there, and, and you know, with these guys, quarterback country getting me cleaned up, I, you know, I've already already kind of showed I can sling it around and, yeah. and make the deep ball throw and the, you know, sidearm throw and all that. So now it's just showing that I've got my feet under me, you know, I'm moving around the same. and I really just try to, you know, wow them with some arm talent. <laughs> Wild them with arm talent. I like that. That should be a yeah, hashtag. <laughs> you said that <laughs> last year, and I guess this would be the year prior, you tried to escape the pocket too much. That was something that you you know, said about one of your weaknesses. How have you addressed those things um, that you want to be better at, particularly that or any others that you have been working on? Yeah, you know, not, obviously getting to play would have been great. Show <laughs> that I can, you know, I'm better in that place and... and and, you know, get to, you know, prove it. But in the practices, I was able to kind of do that. Obviously, people aren't trying to take my head off like they are in games. But, <laughs> right. uh, you know, it's, our guys get after it. We've got a really good defense at Illinois State, as everybody knows. So those guys get me right. You know, playing a season, you're not going to face anybody better than those guys, especially in the back end and up front. So really the whole defense. So that and really just watching a lot of film and seeing my mistakes and where I could have slid up and through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a good – you see me – on times climbing the pocket the right way and looking mm-hmm. really good. You know, that's kind of popped out in the film we've been watching the last week. But too many times, I think last year, um, we had young receivers that were not starters at the beginning of the year because a lot of guys went down. And, and they played great. They they learned on the fly, got better every week. But I think a lot of times I was just trying to make a big play out of nothing and, right. and not really trusting those guys and not trusting myself. And, and it, it kind of, 
I played, you know, it was, it was on me absolutely because I should have just, you know, went through my reads and, and played the same way. And, and those guys will be so, so good for it. You know, they got to play as freshmen and whatnot. So they're going to be great. I wish I could do it with them. <laughs> but um, I would say, you know, I was just, I was just, you know, kind of playing outside of my game, trying to make too many things happen when, when I could, could have probably checked it down or tucked it and ran for, you know, four or five yards. Yeah, well, I mean, at least the wherewithal to see those things and, and make adjustments, that's important at the next level. So it sounds like you've got that under control. And my last question is going to be not really super football related. I always ask players, I'm always interested in your pregame, you know, routines and rituals, but I'm mostly interested in music. And now you being, you know, a Southern boy, do you listen to country? Like, I know there's always a fight for the ox in the locker room and usually the O-linemen or the country listeners and you got the dbs are more like rap and all that kind of stuff so what is your go-to song you listen to before games or songs um you know i'm i'm not a country guy at all no i'm the yeah i'm the i I really like the memphis rap the memphis guys okay yo yo Gotti. growing up on yo Gotti for sure um Starleaf has always been my favorite rapper. He's kind of an underground guy out of nashville where i'm at now so okay he kind of was in the memphis scene and whatnot as well so he was always my, you know, get right, get focused one. Um, I would also say I listen to the, I'm not telling the listeners or readers to go listen to this music, but uh, the, the Chicago drill stuff, I really like that, especially lately. So okay. I'm trying to listen to some, some jams and, and some, some rap music. But okay. I, I heard or read something where uh, Josh Allen was, was going the uh, opera way or like old classical music, and maybe that. Maybe that's something I might try, you know, because uh, I usually come, sometimes come out a little too hands up like I'm a linebacker or something, you know. <laughs> you honestly, your mentality and how you speak, you remind me of a fullback. I'm a huge fullback, like, girl. That's my favorite position. Everybody wants to <laughs> well, say. You, I'm sure you have fun watching my film if you watch I, you play with a fullback. Exactly. Okay. That's why I'm. I appreciate it. And but you sound like it. your mentality is that of that kind of. Um, just gritty, tough kind of player. So, um, I, but I really thought it would have been country. I really am shocked right now. That's um, yeah. As a kid, you know, if, if I hear if a country song comes on, maybe from like oh five, mm-hmm. I'll probably enjoy it. But I don't even know. I couldn't tell you five country artists from today's age. I really couldn't. <laughs> that is okay. Well, whatever works. I, you know, I've talked to guys across the country. I have a, a friend at Tulane. He's a tight end. Um, he's from Natchez, Mississippi. And okay, yeah, down south. Yeah, and he listens to, I'm not kidding you, um, either Native American flute music, like warrior music, and then Japanese, like samurai music before games. Because that's, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it varies. People listen to different things to get themselves pumped up. So, um, but no doubt. I'm yeah. going to try that one too. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm willing to try everything. That, that's cool. I've never been to Natchez, but it's. It, I'm kind of interested now. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's up at Tulane and Nola, and um, yeah, he. Has, I'll pass along some songs that he gave me. They're they're very interesting, but honestly, I could see it. I could see it working out. So we'll you know you never yeah, know. Just sure. <laughs> try whatever. But thank you so much for chatting, and I look forward to seeing you in Fort Worth and catching up there and seeing you know what you bring to the field. Absolutely, yeah.
Okay, guys, we are going to round out this episode of the Sideline SAS podcast with one more quarterback that's going to be at the College Gridiron Showcase. We heard Mike Riddleman give you a little breakdown about what the showcase is, who's going to be there, why it's so important, and we talked to one quarterback already. We're going to talk to another one. So joining me now is Colin Hill, quarterback from South Carolina, the Gamecocks. Welcome to the podcast, Colin. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. I'm glad that we got to connect. And it's funny because we managed to connect through Brady, which y'all met when you were at the um, Manning quarterback camp. And he's like, yeah, he's coming down here to train in Nashville. Uh, I'll set you guys up with a call. And it all worked out. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> kind of funny how stuff works out. We met, uh, like you said, two years ago at the Manning camp. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually were sweet mates down there. <laughs> and, you know, got to know each other pretty good. Um, you know, did all the workouts and all that stuff. And then actually we, he was one of the few people we, uh, we, you know, we stayed in contact throughout, you know, that, that season and throughout this season too. And, you know, as the time came around to, to start the training process, when I chose to come to Nashville, they were like, oh yeah, Brady Davis is up here. I don't know if you know who that is. I was like, are you serious? Like, no way. So it's kind of cool to have that connection, you know, before we got up here and, and trained. So uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been good and it's definitely nice to have another guy around so we can, you know, compete with each other too while we're training. That's one of my favorite parts of these kinds of events, like the Senior Bowl and even award shows heading in, you know, after the season. The guys that I talked to, they said that it's nice to connect with players that they've met down the road to get to check back in with them and spend time with them. Are you looking forward to that aspect of the showcase, you know, reconnecting with players that you may have met or get to see and go through this together? I am, yeah. I mean, it's been really, just really cool over the past five years, you know, in college, just getting Mm -hmm. to know different guys, guys from all over the country, and, uh, you know, really have made some some great relationships, so I'm super excited to, um, you know, hopefully see some people that I've already already met along the way, and, you know, to make some new relationships as well. That's adorable, and I love that about these things. You talk about the mini camp. Can you... Tell me a little bit about what that experience is like. I mean, getting to be around a family like that, so historic and so ingrained in the game of football, especially from a quarterback perspective. What was that like? And did you take away any kind of Manningisms from Archie or Peyton or any of them? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, honestly, they're a great family. Yeah. You know, they're they're extremely humble people. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go up and talk to any one of them, and they would they treated everybody the same, uh, and, and it was just a really well-run weekend and you know nothing but good things to say about them for sure our great family yeah um, but you know i don't know if there's anything any one thing like that they took I necessarily away. Yeah. picked up but you know I, there was a ton of just you know nuggets i took mm-hmm. away from that weekend you know i talked with peyton a good bit about you know what what he did in the off season as far as you know watching film and studying yeah. defenses and that kind of stuff so it was really cool to just you know be able to sit down and talk to him and and see what he did and what worked for him and why he did stuff so you know i, I really enjoyed getting to to talk about that and then implement it um you know when i got back to my own school that's awesome i mean he's honestly one of the people that I've always wanted to interview and just never have. Um, so I'm just so jealous that you got to spend that time. Is he really as funny as all these commercials would have you believe? Uh, they're all really, really funny. Uh, really? The, the funniest one's Cooper, uh, the oldest, but Peyton, they're, you know, they're all... They're all really funny. See, that's they're what really Brady said. Dude. Brady said that about Cooper, too. Is he like the comedian <laughs> or something? He's... 
you just have to you just have to experience it. Like, I can't okay. really <laughs> describe it. He's so funny though. But yeah, I mean Peyton. You know, you see him on TV, but yeah, he's, he's the same guy. He's he's a funny guy. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed getting to know that family. That's awesome. Well, I'm I'm so incredibly jealous of that. But let's go backwards even further. Okay, we talked a little bit before we started recording about Colorado. And, you know, you started your career in college football at Colorado State. How did you find yourself there? What was that transition like? And what were some of your favorite parts about being a Ram? Yeah, it was pretty, you know, interesting process. I didn't have a ton of offers coming out of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I really narrowed it down between uh, Marshall and Colorado State. Um, Really? uh, I I knew Coach Bobo when he was at Georgia. Um, Then he got the... The head coaching job at Colorado State. Okay. So really, I just you know went out and took a visit to both places. Was pretty ready to go to Marshall just because I was like Colorado State so far, and then yeah. you know I took a visit out there uh, and absolutely loved it. It was a great campus. I loved meeting meeting the guys out there. They were super welcoming, and you know that's where I ended up deciding to go. Obviously, but mm-hmm. I graduated high school early. Okay. Uh, and that would have been. January of 2016 is when I enrolled at Colorado State, uh, and I loved it. I mean, it was definitely hard at first to, to get adjusted to the college football <laughs> yeah. lifestyle, but I think one of the biggest things I took away from my time there is that just the people, yeah. uh, you know, the relationship with the players that, that you build, like, especially those a lot of the older guys I got really close to, and, you know, it's kind of fun to, to still keep in contact with them today, whether they're in the league or uh, you know, I have wife, kids, whatever it is, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that was, that was something that I really enjoyed out there. You know, seeing that part of the country was a lot of fun too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, growing up in the South, I never really went out West much. And so, you know, most of really all of our games were out there. So yeah, it was, it was cool to see that part of the country. How do you think you developed as a quarterback coming? I mean, coming out early, that's unique, you know, and being a young guy coming in with all these older guys and you're having to get into that situation how do you think your game developed you know transitioning from that high school level to the college level how do you think you improved at Colorado State I think it was a huge advantage to graduate early Mm -hmm. you know you get used to the the new responsibilities that you have at the quarterback position the way our offense was built you know a lot was put on the quarterback mentally and so it's just different than high school and so being able to get in that playbook you know six months earlier be around everybody and go through spring ball and really, it just it gave me confidence because after you know after we finished spring ball, I was like, okay, like I I could do this. I understand the offense <laughs> right. now. You know, I'm getting more comfortable to the speed of the game and all that. Um, but I think you know playing for Coach Bobo and in that offense, mm-hmm. uh, it definitely developed me uh, mentally uh, for sure. That's the biggest thing, you know, yeah. protection wise, run game, kills, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where I made the most improvement. Um, And then it definitely just helped me mature uh, as a player as a whole, but really as a person too. I mean, you know, you come in early and you got to grow up really quick. Um, But, you know, just with everything that that happened over my career, you know, I have nothing but appreciation for for that university (laughs) and for Coach Bobo. Uh, And obviously I I love playing with all those guys. So, I mean, I I really enjoyed my time there. That's awesome. I mean, Colorado is such an incredible 
football state, people don't really realize, but, you know, between the Buffs and the Rams, there's a lot of guys that go into the league from those programs. And that Rocky Mountain Showdown is honestly one of my favorite games to go to, played at, you know, Mile High Stadium. That's you know, That's got to be awesome to be able to play in the Broncos Stadium in your, in your college career every year. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I mean, we played there every year I was there. All four yeah. years we played there. You know, that the last one that we played in was going to be the last one for a few years. Yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, it's so fun. It's a great environment. Um, and, you know, obviously it's the in-state rival. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was it was always a lot of fun to, to play in that atmosphere for sure. And then you find yourself heading over as a grad transfer to South Carolina and to the Gamecocks. Walk me through that decision and, and how you ended up there and, and a little bit about your time with the Gamecocks. You know, I decided in the end of 2019, at the, the end of that season, I decided, uh, you know, I, it was it was time to move on. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, I appreciated my, my time there right. and everybody. Uh, but I knew for me, uh, as a football player, it just was time to move on. I was in my best interest. So, okay. uh, you know, I entered the portal, did that whole thing. And, uh, you know, I had, had a lot of schools calling and offering. And one of them happened to be University of South Carolina, <laughs> you know, my, my home state. Yeah. So, uh, I was really excited about that. Coach Muschamp called and uh, was super excited about it. And uh, I honestly didn't even take a visit. I, you know, he's like, <laughs> you already knew. down here on a visit. And I was like, <laughs> honestly, no, like, I'm good. Like, uh, you know, I asked about the offense. And, yeah. Uh, you know, what really what personnel we had coming back. And he was like, do you need to see the facilities? I was like, <laughs> I, you know, I really don't care about the facilities too much as long as you know, football is football. As long as we've got some dudes, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, moved up there in January. And did you grow up a, a Gamecocks fan, I'm assuming? I actually didn't. My okay. dad went to Michigan, so I grew up a Michigan fan. Oh, my but, goodness. Um, my sister uh, ended up going to school there. And so okay. when she went there, I followed them pretty close because uh, I knew some of the guys that were on, on the team then. Yeah. Um, you know, when – Jadavion Clowney and Connor right. Shaw and Marcus Lattimore, a bunch of those guys were on the team. I yeah. followed them pretty good, but, you know, I'm, I didn't grow up like a huge fan. Okay. But it's kind of funny because my, my sister went there, but my brother went to Clemson. Really? Uh, <laughs> so it was a, a house divided for sure. That's funny. And then especially when I decided to go there. Uh, that didn't make my brother too happy, but <laughs> he was able to pull for me still. I think people forget, especially in other parts of the country, that Clemson is in South Carolina because it's like its own unit city out there. I mean, I went out there and covered a game last year, and it really is its like its own little entity. You don't think of it as South Carolina. It's just Clemson, you know? It's like, it's weird. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's just, I mean, it's way out in the country. Yeah. You know, it's like... <laughs> It's definitely a, a college town. Yeah. Where, you know, South Carolina is in Columbia. It's the, the capital. Right. And, you know, it kind of has more of a city feel where that's like, you know, Clemson's just, you're right. It's definitely its own thing. It's like Dabo's the mayor and it's his own little, you know, <laughs> it's his own little area and everything, every eat, sleep and, you know, breathe Clemson football. It's awesome. But it I could see why they do so well. Everybody just buys in the whole city, the whole town. So it's crazy, but now we're looking ahead to these events. You, ha- we managed to get through the season, which is incredible. But it, we didn't get to see everything that we wanted. Teams struggled with 
contact tracing. There was lots of COVID-related issues. So these events like Senior Bowl and, and College Gridiron Showcase, which you're going to next week, they hold kind of more importance this year than ever. So what is it like to be invited to this event and knowing that you're going to get to be in front of all of these professional coaches and scouts and get to show them, you know, what you could bring to their team? Oh, I think it's a huge opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was really excited about, uh, you know, my invitation to it. I think, you know, you're right. This was a really, really weird year. Yeah. Um, You know, normally you're used to having scouts at your practices and games. Yeah. you know, with COVID, it just, it was just totally different. And mm-hmm. so I think it's really, it's really a great opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, show what you can do in front of these guys. I mean, I think, you know, we talked about it earlier. I think there's 90 plus scouts that mm-hmm. are going to be there. And so, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be really fun. Like, I'm, I'm definitely really excited to be able to show what you can do. I think it's a really unique opportunity. I mean, yeah. I, there is no game uh, like most of these right. sort of things are, but, you know, I think, Still, there's there's a lot to that can be proved over these few days. They will do a scrimmage. It's you know a fast paced scrimmage. Uh, I think it's seven on seven. There's going to be limited contact, but it's really yeah. more to showcase your thought process and how you you know process the plays that are being called and what your motions look like and all that stuff. So it's a simulation of live action, but not without all of the other football related stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how people, how players react to that scenario. What do you think you're going to show, you know, the coaches and the scouts, what sets you apart as a quarterback and, and what you could bring to an NFL organization? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I think I'm going to be able to show I can make all the throws. Uh, okay. I'm really confident in my ability. And uh, I know that I have the arm talent to, to make all those throws. Okay. Uh, I think I'm able to you know, the offense that we ran was, was pro style and multiple. And so it's, it's similar uh, concepts to what uh, everybody's doing in the league right now anyways. And so, you know, like you said, with the seven on seven stuff, yeah. are you able to pick up these new plays and uh, in the seven on seven scenarios and process information? So I think, you know, those are two things for sure that are, uh, I believe are going to help me stand out. Do you, is there something that you've worked on in your game to try and get it ready for this next level, a, a part of your game that you wanted to work out and, and do better at in this, in this time? I think we, you know, one thing we've been working on is just definitely cleaning everything up, you mm-hmm. know, season ended a couple months ago. And so just kind of getting back into the routine of everything, but uh, you know, just full work, just making sure okay. your drops are looking clean and sharp and uh, you know, polished so you're ready to go this weekend and, and put your best foot forward. That's that was such a, a good media answer. You you know that was that was very well phrased. I you have that media training. I can tell. Um, <laughs> all right, now I'm going to ask a personal question, like not of you, a personal question for me because I will judge you for the answer. Do you think the fullback is a dead position or is it very much alive still? Well, it's very much alive. Uh, my good answer. Roommate for five years. Is a fullback, so oh, he would man. kill me if I said otherwise. <laughs> that is the answer that I wanted to hear because I, I mean, you, we just talked for the first time today, but. If anyone knows me, they know, especially because of my social media, I'm a huge fullback advocate. Favorite position in the entire world, and I've made it my life mission to prove to people that it's not dead, and college football didn't kill it. It's very much alive, and like you said, there are fullbacks. Um, They just look a little different now than they did before, but I like that as a quarterback, you recognize that you see them line up differently, right? 
They do. I mean, I think uh, the first person I think of, like in the league, is is Juszczyk. I might have pronounced his name wrong, but the guy from no, the, that's right, the Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah, I mean, they they split mm-hmm. him out wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's attached as a tight end. He's in the backfield. I mean, uh, it's not your old school eye formation, formation. coming downhill yep. all the time. But like you said, I think I think people are getting creative and how to utilize a guy like that. But there's, I think there's a lot of value. Uh, and having a fullback just because they can do so many different things. Yeah, it takes a special kind of person to play the position for sure. And they're obviously a little crazy. So I'm sure your roommate um, was a handful a bit. Oh, yeah, he was. You know, they're <laughs> they're really selfless. You know, yes. they don't get the ball a lot. They're normally just, you know, behind the scenes mm-hmm. blocking. Um, they get no but, stats. So they have no evidence that they're contributing. But you guys know what they're doing. Right. I mean, they've got to know a lot. They've got to be mm-hmm. smart. Um, and, you know, normally when a, when a guy runs for a ton of yards, it's like, oh, like credit the O-line, which is true. Like, yes. you credit them, but, you know, the fullback kind of just gets lost and all that. That's um, true. So, yeah, but living with him was, uh, <laughs> uh, he made me for sure, like, not, he, he definitely didn't let me forget that uh, <laughs> the fullback's uh, an important position. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to have to get his name from you so I can... Uh, hit him up. This all my podcasts turned into pro f- fullback talks because we have to remind people, or else they're not they're going to forget and they're not going to understand. But I yeah, appreciate right. you. I appreciate your answer. That was good. Okay, two more questions. One of them I asked Brady, so I'm going to be curious to see your answer compared to his, and I'll tell you his after. Who of the two of you has the better hair? Oh, me. For sure. <laughs> it's not close. That was like no hesitation at all. No, absolutely not. No, it's it's definitely me. (laughs) He said it was you as well, but I'm curious why you think it's you, and then I'll tell you why he said it was you. I mean, (laughs) first of all, I'm a confident person, so I I, I have to say that, but I do believe that. I mean, I think uh, he would have a chance if he had some more, you know, length, but uh, I mean, I've got him in length. Yep. uh, You know, a good little little color to it as well. Good volume. So, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot more than, than people realize uh, yeah. than what I got going on here. Well, long-haired quarterbacks, this is like a thing, you know, started, I don't know if it started with Trevor Lawrence, but it's been catapulted to the forefront of conversations because of his hair. And now, you know, you guys, people are paying attention when you take off your helmet. But the reason I asked is because Brady Davis told me that his nickname, you know, when he was at Memphis was Shane Falco. And Shane Falco is from the movie The Replacements. This is my favorite movie ever. And he has that long hair, and he, Keanu Reeves takes off the helmet and shakes his head out. And so I, was, I thought it was funny that y'all both kind of rock. I mean, his isn't as long as yours, like you said, but both rocking the longer hair. Yeah, I mean, we, he, we've talked about that before. He's like, I've thought about growing my hair back out. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's come up before. We've never uh, directly said who's got the better hair, but. Well, he like said it was you, so y'all both agree on that. That is that is yeah, pretty funny. Well. <laughs> all right, my last question before we wrap up is something I ask all the players that I talk to, very interested in music. Now, Every player utilizes music before games. I mean, that's just a fact. Now, it ranges in different, you know, genres. And I liked to pride myself in the ability 
to predict, you know, the kind of music you listen to based on chatting with you and your personality and whatnot. But I am batting zero in all of these interviews. I have not correctly predict one. I was way <laughs> off on Brady. I don't even want like I, I don't even want to talk about it. And then I I talked to a tight end this morning from Oregon, and I thought I had him pegged completely wrong. So I'm not even going to guess what you listen to because I think I would guess country, and that's probably wrong. So why don't you tell me what your go to you know playlist looks like on a game day? The unfortunately you would be wrong. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> I I you know I don't have a set playlist. Okay. But, um, I listen to super like just chill stuff. Like I don't <laughs> like to get too uh, like excited. Okay. Or, you know, like Palto, whatever. You know, like a lot of dudes are just blasting music in the locker room, anyways. And you know, True. that's fine with me. It doesn't bother me at all. But yeah, uh, for me, I always just listen to something that's really gonna just like chill me out because for me the game's so mental like Mm -hmm. and and what we had to do uh i just felt like that was the best way to to prepare me uh to be at my best yeah um so give me an example i never was like the a huge like rah-rah guy like (laughs) listening to all this music so I, i mean it was always just you know something super chill like what like uh well for example the oregon tight end said reggae he listened to reggae for the same reason you just said to like focus him in mellow him out so he didn't get too hyped up so what would be an example of a chill chill song honestly i i've listened to reggae before okay I've listened to like the isley brothers okay i've listened to like motown i've listened to like i like that ariana grande or mariah <laughs> like somebody with a big voice or like whitney like it varies it just wow. depends on the day but just something that's uh just kind of super relaxing all right well if i when i see you next week if i ask you what's love got to do with it don't get upset because that's, <laughs> it's gonna be our our little secret <laughs> Yeah, that'll be, good. be good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting and joining us. Very excited to see, you know, what you do on the field in front of all these people next week and just get the ability to to showcase that stuff because that's really what it's all about. So we look forward to seeing you there and um, we'll check you out in Fort Worth. I can't wait. Thanks for having me.